0: Rhythm, groove, euphoria, and that feeling to make you let go of your worries. This is Variation with Sad Ayu.
1: And welcome to a brand new episode of Variation. I'm your host, Sauthayoub. This week we are back in action for another episode with a special guest, my very good friend Jaren, to celebrate our release of Deep Mix of Giving to the Sun. I actually had her on a Zoom call uh, and had a little bit of a chat and catching up. So We're gonna be starting up with that, so this is where you can actually skip this part if you are just here for the music and head straight into the mix, or you can learn something about Jaren today. So here we are. So today, to celebrate the release of the deep mix of our collaboration given to the sun, I have a special guest, a good friend, Jaren Surf, on the show with me. Hi. So I have a little bit of an introduction about herself. So she is American Canadian songwriter, singer. And also a book writer. She's most recognized for her work with artists such as Armin Van Buren. And her track Man on the Run with Matt Surf and Mitiska. We have also worked on multiple projects together since 2016. Such as Ever After under her alias Fenya. And also Hurt, uh, which is uh, out on Raz Nidzen. And on my label, Given to the Sun, which is the latest release. She also co-wrote songs with Canadian artist Michelle Tracy and has released folk or acoustic albums since her career started, uh, dated back in 2006, and has appeared in multiple TV shows as well. So welcome to the show, Jaren. Thank,
2: thank you, sa. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. You know, COVID happened. Yeah, exactly. So I remember my introduction to your voice goes back to 2006, 2007, actually. I don't know if you ever heard this story before. So first time when I heard your track was Unforgivable with Armin at a lounge in Bangladesh. And then, of course, blasting Man on the Run or dancing to it in the clubs many times was how I fell in love with your voice. Mm -hmm. And then when I was producing full time after moving to Canada uh, in 2011, I thought, why not give it a shot and request a collab with you? So I reached out to Matt and then we have become good friends and rest is history. You know, writing songs over a bottle of whiskey and Yes, whatnot. oh my
2: gosh. Yes. <laughs>
1: so what's new in Jaren's life?
2: Oh my gosh, all kinds of things. I mean, yeah, 2020 has been a bit of a roller coaster, I think, for a lot of people, um, for obvious reasons. Uh I have sort of decided to wind down everything that I was doing because like you said I had like a, a book going on I was yeah. also, I was working also doing creative direction for companies and and still writing and trying I was trying to do so many things because that's genuinely where my interests were. Yeah. And then uh 2020 happened and I was like I don't feel like doing any of
3: this
2: (laughs) not because i want to be mean or because i'm trying to poo poo on the like music industry or anything i just like needed to actually i'm going to take a a line from one of michelle tracy who you just mentioned she has a new song out called take uh taking some time off or time off from a letdown i think is what it's called and there's this great line i'm taking some time off and that like that was for me the same thing 2020 happened and i was like "Whoop!" and i just closed shop um, for mental health reasons too, because there were so many things going on and I wanted to find out like, really, what do I, what do I want to do? Um, I've always had an interest in acting and I've done, I've been fortunate enough to do a little bit of that over the years. Um, but, this year, I really wanted to try uh, doing some voiceover work, nice. or like commercials and ads, and and also that also sort of came from um, like when, when I did my book, I also did a, a, an Audible version of it, like an audiobook. So um, being in this studio and actually getting to voice something was like, wow, this is a different sense of freedom than I've had before. That's unlike, it's not the same as singing or writing. It's like it's really different, but. Like where singing and writing is more personal for me, voiceover can be more playful and light and stuff. And right now in 2020, I need playful and light. So um, I started that career and it has taken off and it has been super fun. And that is literally the only thing that I've been doing this year is voiceover stuff pretty much.
1: Nice. And we love your voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you said that you're uh, doing something with the mental health. Are you part of like an organization?
2: Um, no, just like just some mental health stuff for myself personally, because okay. i from since 2000 and it's actually since Matt served, my who's also still one of my best friends in life. And we, you know, we still work on things. We advise each other on music stuff. Um, since Since we split... And had to start living on our own terms and stuff. I went through a phase of like suffering from real depression and anxiety like really bad. And, and then when yeah. I was 31, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, like m- m- moderately severe to severe ADHD. And so I was trying to work through all of that and figure out, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, when you're, when you're living on your own and you're s- sort of starting over what do you prioritize in your life? What, How do you want to live your life? And so I think I was asking myself too many questions about who I want to be as a person, as an artist or whatever, as myself, I guess, uh, that I just got really overwhelmed and I started really having a lot of anxiety yeah. attacks and depression and stuff like that. And that was not a fun period. But I fortunately, and one thing I love about living here in Canada and especially in, in Quebec... I don't know how it is in other provinces, obviously, because I haven't lived there. Um, but we have really awesome, like, social, like, help services. So if you're ever feeling really um, bad, you can call, like, different, uh, like, social workers or crisis hotlines and things like that. Or
1: Yeah, it's also you know, here available over. in Toronto, too. So, I mean, I can definitely relate yeah. to you because I actually had that same kind of, you know, weird phase where I was depressed and, you know, went through a therapy. It was a... Very weird phase. Yeah, I
2: remember you went through a phase where like <laughs> yeah, we were I mean, talking was, back and forth and I was a like crazy, God are crazy you okay? phase. but
1: I was able to actually go to a therapist and, you know, get some therapy session, was able to get out from it. I know a lot of the artists yeah. are That's you know good. lived into recreational drugs to cope up with it, but you know, me able to get out from it without any of that was a yeah. very um, blessed situation for me so I'm glad that I was yeah. able to do that and um, yeah mental health is no joke um, I think one of the biggest reason I was able to kind of get out from that was you know quitting my full-time job since I wasn't able to dab into yeah. um, most of it at the same time so that was big relief for me mentally so yeah definitely something to talk about and I'm glad that you actually were able to get out from it too.
2: Me too man I and it, it's I'm I I I agree with what you said too like I I was also at the, at the height of when I was having it was also trying to work, work full time too and doing all these other things at just some point it just gets to be too much it's like no I I'm not I'm not being efficient in my life I'm not living I'm not doing what I want to do right now you know effectively
1: Yeah I mean like how you said that you know we are privileged to be uh you know Canadian to actually have all these resources available for us for mental health
2: Oh my god yes We are completely privileged up here.
1: (laughs) And I think also like, you know, how the government dealt with the COVID is also makes me feel great to be Canadian because not a lot of countries actually has that privilege uh, on how they are. Being taken care of by the government. No, I feel
2: I've, I I feel blessed about it. I have these conversations with, a lot with my American friends and family and stuff too. You know, asking you know, they come from a place of general like uh, curiosity. Sorry, my old my old garden machine is making a lot of noise here. Do you see? This is my indoor <laughs> garden. Nice. It keeps making some noise in the background. Sorry, it sounds like it's
1: like a is like um like all the herbs and stuff you're making Yeah yeah well I can grow
2: anything lettuce I have tomatoes going the whole thing nice. that yeah. actually gardening has helped with my mental health stress as well I find if I'm cultivating or taking care of something mm-hmm. um like having the cats also yeah. then it, that helped me to to get out of it but I'm talking with my American friends and family about um you know not like I, I have like a, a weight lifted off my shoulder living up here because I know if, if I really need services or whatever, they're, they're here, it's something. And I, and, and I never felt that when I lived in the U S um, based on where I was living, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel super privileged to be here, like super yeah. privileged to be here. I think my lucky stars every single day. <laughs>
1: yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think I, I like that fact that we are the luckiest like the country is the lucky star for us. <laughs> yeah. So going back to the interview so earlier this year I thought we were long due for a follow-up to Hurt uh, as that track still one of the most talked about tracks yes. uh, of our you know, collaboration. We wrote uh, The Given to the Sun and the process was so quick if you remember I sent you an instrumental and the next day you sent it back to me with the vocal and it's one of my favorite tracks I've worked so far. So what's the story behind the lyrics?
2: Um, I mean for me anytime I'm writing anything usually it's it's because I'm using it. I'm using sort of like an intuitive, I don't know. That's It's a combination of listening to the music, taking whatever I'm going through in life or mm-hmm. whatever I know somebody else is going through. And then just sort of like being like an open channel and being like, okay, let's see what mm-hmm. happens. And in the last couple of years, especially, it's been really difficult for me to write music. I haven't felt inspired. I haven't, I've been disconnected from it for, for, for whatever reason, I think it's just a growth and transformation and, and, and it doesn't mean I'll be away from it forever by any means. Um, but I remember when you sent me this, it's like, there are only uh, like a handful of producers that I, I, I work with that are that I worked with in the, mm-hmm. the past where it, it like, I listened to it once and it's like, Oh yeah okay, this is what it needs to be, or this is how it happens. It doesn't need to be anything, but just, this is how it happens. And then it just, and then I record something quickly and I go, how about this? But this year, like I said, it takes so much yeah. energy out of me to write for, for, for some reason. So that's something that I'm sort of inve- investigating a little bit to f- sort of find out why, where has that spark gone, but also not judging it too much either because things have cycles and maybe this is just like a, a down cycle and maybe I'll come back to this in a big way at another time. I don't know. But um yeah, that was just, I think, a culmination of what I think you and I were both sort of going through at that time, um, individually knowing that we had all of this weight on our shoulders. And then it just... Phew, Sort of popped
1: through yeah i remember even when we wrote the track hurt uh, i think we were both going through like same oh
2: yeah we were going through like the same way. Wave. We yeah,
1: wavelength yeah i mean i think that's yeah. definitely relatable because uh you know, yeah. it was so much to understand, like, yeah. how everything works. And uh, another thing I actually wanted to mention is that, what? you know, whenever I work with a vocalist, yeah. I always try to ask them what their sweet spot is, like the key yeah. or, you know, the actual key they sing.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember you had asked me, yeah, what range?
1: Yeah, the range. I mean, because, you know, the it really helps to, like, write a track much mm-hmm. easily rather than, you know, you writing a track on the key that you want to write rather than letting the vocalist to decide. I think it's the easiest and the Smooth find, exactly,
2: find their range. That's something that took me way too long to learn because uh, I remember when I was living in L.A. for ten years, um, or nine years, whatever. We, I had been uh, working with a bunch of vocalists at that time. I was coaching a lot of vocalists, and I, but I was coaching them using instrumentals that we had already received from. Um, sorry, one second, that we had received from, uh, like other producers and stuff. So I, I didn't necessarily have the chance to go to these particular producers because there was a middleman giving me the work and say, Hey, do you mind changing the key? Because sometimes you'd get something He's like we want a girl to sing on this. And I'm like, okay, but this fits like a dude's range real easily, but it doesn't fit like a girl's range real easily. Unless you want me to sound like I'm like scream singing or I'm sounding like too low. Or, and I remember we had a, we had a, a lot of challenges w- with that. But yeah, to find somebody's that that buttery range where things really work is um, is is a that's a good thing to do first straight out of the gates. Good job.
1: Thank you. And I remember you were mentioning about you want to take a break uh, from the industry. So I just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that, like uh, yeah. why you're taking a break.
2: Yeah, this is um, this comes from. <laughs> Being a woman over the age of 30 with kids, yeah. yeah, I went through like a real up and down being a woman over the age of 30 in the music industry. Um, and like trans music especially is like a really niche market. Like, And the one thing that I appreciate, especially about dance music, is that it generally doesn't seem to be like of all of sort of not at all, but like of many of the main music industries, it is the least uh, judgmental about um, your age, uh, you know, your gender, what you look like, any of that. It's like mm-hmm. music is music and it's a celebration of just art. And I love that. Um, but I remember when I was pregnant with my first, with my daughter, I, I hid it until I was like, really showing like seven months yeah. pregnant or something. And then I lost gigs after that. And I remember my phone stopped ringing and I got really pissed off about that. And then the second, when I was pregnant with my son,
1: right,
2: same thing. I remember I had a, I was meeting a producer in France and, and the goal was to try to hide the fact that I was four months pregnant. I didn't want them knowing because I didn't want that to affect whether or not I was going to get the work. Yeah. And I found that incredibly stressful. Um, but eventually, I got back into it. I was writing pop music here when both my kids were like, I would take them to to like the gartery, drop them off, and go do a session, and then like come back. But there was no interest in me being a recording artist from any of these people anymore. It was just like, oh, you're a songwriter now, yeah. And and I had heard so much from so many people, managers, executives. Um, in the beginning, talking about women over the age of like twenty five that were in the industry and and referring to them as well, she has a decision to make. She had kids, so she obviously doesn't really care enough about her. Right. And I think I just got like a little bit too pissed off about that, and so my way of coping with that was just by like shutting down and like sort of cutting off my nose to spite my face a bit. Um, and then after the separation that was like Matt and I were t- Matt and I have been we've been m- around for 15 years and so that was an entire chunk that was like my a- entire adult life basically at that point coming to an end or so I thought it was just transforming into yeah. something different but it felt like there was a real rupture and it was coming to an end and I couldn't take it like everything associated with that life was too painful for me to address or too painful for me to even like look at And so I remember, I think the first year after the separation, or -hmm. from 2016 to 2017, I didn't listen to any music apart from classical music on the radio. That was it. I couldn't. It was too painful to listen to the radio. Everything related to music was too painful. I couldn't play music. I couldn't do anything. It was like talk radio, classical, I'm good. And then slowly and slowly, you know, bit by bit, I was you know, finally able to get to the point where now I can appreciate it. I I listen to the radio, uh, not often, um, like in general, but I, I can listen to the radio. Um, I have friends sending me playlists of things and I can appreciate these guys. Um it comes more from a place of love and appreciation, but I still have that side of me when I see like sometimes I'll get requests like, Hey, I've got this like 19 year old girl who wants to do this. Do you want to write for her or coach her or whatever? And it's you know, right. she has to have like the whole package. And I just, it just takes me back to that zone of like being really stressed out. And, and then I can see sort of the industry moving behind this person and everything that they're investing in this person and the weight of that. And I shut down, I go, no, man, music's about freedom. You know, art and creation are about freedom and you should be able to express what you want to freely. So now I just do stuff for myself. And, and if it works out great, if it doesn't, it's no, it's no skin off my back anymore. Like I'm at the age where I officially don't give a shit anymore. I want to do stuff for myself. And if I think it's of value to other people or it could be, then great.
1: How about you? I think you brought up a really great topic since we are talking about uh, you know, uh doing your own thing. I think I can definitely relate because I'm pretty much on the same boat doing my own stuff right now and um, you know, do what I do. That makes me happy. And uh, uh, another topic that I really, really want to talk about is like, you know, the taboo uh, of, you know, uh, once mm-hmm. you have kids or in a relationship.
2: It's the mystery factor, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, the it's like a double what? vision or like the double <laughs> image pretty much just like, you know, goes down the drain or something like that. But um, I think I'm hoping this COVID will help us to kind of do that reset. And, um, you know, not have taboos like that uh, in the long run in the music industry. So I hope that changes.
2: Yeah, I hope it changes too, really, because I, I, I feel like it, the, the truer you can be to yourself and your heart and your feelings and all this, and this has taken me only 37 years to figure out or to finally get comfortable with, but the truer you can be to yourself and what you love, you know, and you know, being a good person and all of that, then like the, the, the better, but yeah, I certainly don't subscribe to this idea that like, I have to be a one trick pony or I can only, but that's another problem I had with the industry too. I had people, I had famous DJs telling me that I needed to stick with one thing that I couldn't do multiple genres. And I was like, I had to remind these people that I didn't get into trance music to do trance music. That was by accident. I was doing folk music before. I grew up listening to country music. I did folk music and that was my passion. But dance music happened to have success and for that I am forever grateful and it it's been a great learning experience um and I get to try all kinds of different uh fields. I just I've always followed my heart. I just do what I want. So it, if these people say that I can't do it then Fine, I'm gonna do whatever makes me feel good, even if it's, even if it means I gotta be a voiceover artist the rest of my life, which I would be super happy to do because I love this job. It's super fun.
1: So I'm actually going to ask this another question to you. And It mm-hmm. might be a little bit of uh, controversial. So, do you think uh, you blame the music industry for a little bit of, you know, the effects mm. that you had mentally, like your mental health? Pretty. That's a good question.
2: I mean. I don't, I don't, I think there's like, if I'm being honest, I'm sure that there's like a part to, to, to the whole scenario that I'm really still upset about and how it functions and how yeah. it, how it, how it, there's this pressure. Like the other day, for instance, right. I got a list of um, new artists. It was like a new artist roster, you know, promoting these dance musicians da-da-da-da. and like in the U S right now, you know, one of the biggest topics is equality And I'm, and, and like, what's really great about living in Quebec, you see a lot when you look at artists' rosters, it's like, you see so many women and men and like, there's just, everybody's there. Um, and I'm looking at this roster and I'm like, okay, why are the, why is it just a bunch of like 19 year old dudes? Like where, where are the women in this? Where are the, you know, but I've always sort of had that problem with the industry Um, So if they can change that, that's going to be awesome. And perhaps COVID can help Mm -hmm. with that. I have no idea. Um, Yeah, I'm sure part of me feels bad about it still and like wishes that I would have like stood stood up for myself more and been like, no, this is not how this is going to work. But at that time, I was a different person too. Like I didn't have the backbone that I have now. So it just, I guess, time and age yeah
1: and yeah talking more about the industry i know there was a little bit of uh like a revolution going on in the techno world last year i mean i'm pretty sure it's still going on but it kind of went into a halt because of covid but um there's a lot of equality and you know no judgment uh, no bias towards a certain race or religion and uh, a good example is you know for the Gender uh, particular aspect is like Charlotte Duetta or like, you know, Emily Lenz Mm -hmm. or Anna. They're like the front runner for techno right now. And I think that's a great uh, thing to happen in the techno world. And uh, I felt like the other genres that I was into, uh, they were not that very welcoming or, you know, you just have to be part of like a certain favorable group of people to get around it.
2: It's funny to say that, but I know it's true that like in different genres of music, it's been my experience that in different genres of music, you see different segments of the population, which is cool. Like somebody should do a study on that. But I I actually spoke with somebody who was also doing more techno stuff now. And um, he said, you know, I like, I, I love it. This is like, it's so inclusive. Like you can see anybody and everybody at these shows, like all walks of life. That said, when we were doing a lot of like trance in LA and stuff, we we saw like a really like a great, like mix of sort of everybody. But um, I I was also never really that deeply into the industry because my heart was never only in trance. My heart was like, oh my God, wait, I want to try house. Oh my God, wait, I want to try this. Oh my God, minimalism, chill. Let's, let's do it all. It was, it was too excited by it. So I never, I never got to
1: So a good example would be in Amsterdam dance event last year actually instead of you know going to trance shows where everyone knows me I wanted to kind of venture out into the techno world and you know I met some of the great people out there and they're like very welcoming no judgment or anything whatsoever I'm sure they have their own (laughs) issues and politics and all that but you know it felt very welcoming than uh, other genres out there. And uh, let's move on to the interview a little bit more. Um, since you mentioned that you are currently working as a voiceover artist, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like, if someone wants to work with you for a voiceover gig, where can they Ooh. reach out to you? Yeah.
2: So, you know, this is really funny to me because uh, growing up, I hated my speaking voice. I've always hated my speaking voice. I remember, um, was it, okay, do you, get, do you remember, um, uh, was it Gabriel in Dresden? Yeah. Dave Gresson. Yes. Okay. So when we lived in LA, I remember being at like a house party. Mm-hmm. I think it was with Dave. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I don't remember which one because it was like, I was super new in my career and I was just trying to get him to listen to light the skies. I think, or man on the run. I think it was light the skies. No, it was man on the run. I know it was man on the run actually. And, um, I had a friend who was like also trying to like go to bat for me and she knew him and was like, Oh, like you got to listen to Jaren. Like she just has, they have this song out and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I really would love to do a collab. Yeah. And he was like, not having it super, not in the mood. And then finally he finally listened to it. And then he looked at me and he goes, Huh, that is not the voice I expected. Like based on your speaking voice. And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? So I never liked uh, but I, I truly never liked my speaking voice, but I've always loved acting and so I wanted to try it voiceover stuff. And it's fun because you get to change, like um play all these different characters and you can change it up. And you know how I like to change voices. I like to sing in the styles of like Mariah Carey and Celine Dion and Joni Mitchell and Alison Krauss, Tori Amos, whoever I can, because it, for me it's a challenge and it's fun. So it's a bit the same with with speaking. Um So, um, I've, I've fortunately, um, gotten to work with a lot of really cool companies and stuff. I got to do the ASPCA, some stuff for like Wells Fargo. I did like the Huawei app gallery, like, um, all all kinds of cool gigs um, and narrating audiobooks. Although now I get like a lot of requests to narrate um, erotic novels, which I think are hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I decided recently, because I was like, okay, what, what exactly goes into narrating an erotic
1: novel? I'm do I them. think it's the whole ASMR thing, isn't it? Like the ASMR, there's like a category called ASMR. No, I love
2: ASMR. Like I would love to get okay. into that, but that that that's like okay. more like the, the just the, the little sound. The stuff, But you can do it yeah. with your voice too.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but so I, I went on Amazon or on Audible and I downloaded a, like an erotic novel and I couldn't even listen to it without rolling my eyes. I was just like <laughs> the dialogue. And then you have to hear like the narrator, like doing all the parts of the man and the woman and sort of like moaning and stuff. And I'm just like, I am not cut out for this, clearly. <laughs> it's been fun to explore just the whole, the whole industry, that side of it. It's really fun. Um, but if people want to hear what I'm doing, um, I got to do a really cool Juneteenth Black Lives Matter thing for the NFL Players Association. Super cool. So all nice. of those are up on my website right now, jarensurf.com. And uh, people can like, send me an email if they are interested and in if, if, they, if they need a voice. I have all kinds of
1: different voices. So
2: my redneck voice is my favorite though.
1: <laughs> That's from the, how do you call it the town that you're from? Well, oh, from
2: Wyoming. Wait, 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 my Wyoming. State? Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think
1: Wyoming it's like a, it's
2: like a mashup of a lot of different states, but it's yeah. my favorite. It's really the most endearing to me.
1: So I have another question for you. I remember you used to mentor, you know, singing and songwriting. For, uh, so do you think you would, be up for you know entering the up-and-coming artists or singers and songwriters or you're still taking a break on that
2: i have maybe one day in the future maybe in a couple of years maybe i'll get back into it right now i've just been i i i can't i'm just i'm just like stuck in that department but i know like in my life i want to give back and i want to be able to help and and, and if i can um, then certainly I'd love to do it. I think most of the coaching that I've done has been more on like sort of the accent side or on like, because here in Quebec, you know, we have a lot of French speakers. Um, Or it's been sort of on the structure side of a song, how to maybe structure a song for, let's say, pop, maybe less than trance. Because also I find the dance music industry changes so quickly. The stuff that was popular, you know, like four months ago is now like, oh my God, that's so old. So I just don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And it's
1: also on the honest. other way around too. You can get like a track that was like five years old becomes all of a sudden really famous because, you know, people are listening through TikTok and all that. So it could be the other That's way around. That's
2: true. And actually one of my favorite songs currently is the Regard, Write It.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> remix of that 2008 song. Yeah. I just get that one stuck in my head so easily. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the industry is really in a weird spot. Yeah, even though it's in a weird spot, I'm trying to take it in a positive way. And, um, I mean, there's so much uh, blend of genre, like, I mean, techno can be defined as trends and... Yeah, little elements of everything. Of all this blending. Yeah. I think it's a great thing uh, because, you know, end of the day, uh, music is music and... Yeah. One of the greatest things that has happened to the industry is I think Spotify. Like if you look at Spotify, when you're submitting a track for the editorial playlist, it asks you to pick three genres that defines your music. And I think that's a great thing that has ever happened to the music industry in the recent times.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I remember like back in the days of my space when it was like define your sound and and i was just like well it's like if <laughs> so, and so, and so 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 had a baby i might sound kind of like that and they'd be like nope 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 that's too abstract we need like yeah. you know definitive sounds i have no idea
1: so tell us about yeah. three of your favorite tracks um i would say dance tracks i try to feature three favorite tracks from the guest speakers oh okay, and cool. uh i think uh if you could give me three of those tracks i can definitely play it on my <gasps> show and it could be you know techno or trans trance or house anything because those are like the spectrum i play most of Oh,
2: like of mine or anybody's anybody anybody's oh my god mm-hmm. You know how you're talking about the the industry sort of going back. Like, I like also. I'm going back. I'm like been going back in time and going back to the songs that actually got me into it. And I remember, mm-hmm. um, "Beautiful Things" was one of the songs that got me. The, the it was the first song that I listened to that I finally I could understand dance music. Like because before. Matt would play me the songs like to impress me, but it, he would not get to the good part. He would like play the entire intro and the outro, and so it would be like, mm-s, 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 "For like yeah. three and a half minutes," and I'd be like, "Where is this going?" Yeah. <laughs> but when I finally heard that track, I was like, "Oh my god!" It clicked. I get it now. Yeah, beautiful. The particular
1: mix or the original one? The which one? Is it like a, the original mix or the. Gavin oh, it Justin? must have been an original
2: because this was okay. th- this was back in 2005, I think. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Oh, well, also, what's that? No through the dark trees, Alana, save me. You're so ugly and you're so beautiful. No one on earth? Yes. I think that's
1: the one. Is, that's also a GND track. I
2: do Yeah, so th- those are two that I listened to recently that okay. I was like, huh, those mm-hmm. are cool. Okay, and lo- okay, let's, okay. Uh, something, I actually went through my, uh, my, actually I'll look right now real quick. I went <laughs> through my discography because uh, yeah. it's long because I was doing a lot of writing for others. But at the time, I remember there was one, Oh, yeah, there was one. Okay, let me see if I can find one second, Sharon. I have my Discog hidden. Uh,
1: while you look uh, for that, I remember I actually picked up one of your vocal packs uh, for a remix contest. I think it was the Surreal for Jonathan. I, I, I don't recall, but I struggled with that because it was at the early days of my production. No, because there are
2: too many now.
1: Somebody yeah, just I mean, re- it's, like re-remixed. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It was, was, it was it? interesting, but I mean, here we are.
2: There there was like a re-remix that just like this happened recently. I can't even stay on top of anything. And to be honest, the only reason I know what has ever come out is because Mm -hmm. of awesome fans who (laughs) notices and go, oh my God, this is out. This is so great. And I'm like, cool. (laughs) That's
1: actually really funny. I mean, I'm glad at least fans are keeping you updated. Uh, Did you have any other tracks came out this year? Uh, Like the track with Andy Digwood?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. That one is a really personal one too. My Thunder. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really deeply personal one.
1: Yeah. I remember the seven track was so
2: good. I love seven, you know? Okay. You know that I almost nixed that music video because I think I had just had my son Arlo. I think he was like Mm. six months old or maybe a couple, I don't know how old he, he was a baby. And Andy sent me this music video, and I watched it, and I was already super hormonal and emotional, anyways, mm-hmm. having just given birth. But then I saw this, and I was just like, "It's too much, yeah. it's too heavy." And and I was yeah. gonna say like, "No, this is too much, guys," and not approve it. But I'm so glad that I didn't do that because I just watched it the other day, and I was like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: "So yeah. bad, man." But I thought that was <laughs> I, that's the best music video I think that I've yeah. ever been a part of. I wasn't even a part of it.
1: And I remember you also didn't want to be part of the. Hurt music video but it's one of the most talked about music video right now that's awesome
2: oh yeah because I'm like I'm always busy or I'm always burnt out or something yeah well the the wait the the one with the 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 No, the one with
1: It's the one that we asked you to send, like, uh, footages for us.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, because I was just having a job change and we were changing Mm -hmm. locations and moving and that was super super stressing me out. I actually, instead of going to a studio, I had reused our location as we were moving. I had, like, two hours between moving locations and I was like, hang on a second. Grab the makeup, (laughs) grab the dress, got this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it was good it was it was great i, I think it talks about that still so.
2: Oh, that's awesome but i like the new one that you did though with the lavender fields i just visually yeah. so stunning i really love it
1: yeah i actually have been working you know making my own music videos and stuff Oh, that's
2: awesome!
1: yeah i mean i think it's started ever since we did the heart music video and there's this uh website called paxels i don't know if you know it and uh, there are like this group of independent artists that actually comes together, post their p- pictures and uh, videos. And this guy named Cottonbro, or Cottonbro, I don't know if I pronounced pronounce it right. I think he's European based. And he had this perfect, uh, like a story yeah. about like interracial couple and it fit perfectly with our music. It was
2: beautiful. Yeah, I would just like to have that like on a projection, like on, on my wall, just for like the color therapy and yeah. stuff.
1: <laughs> like, huh. so how about we play the seven track since we both love that sure. track yeah sure. uh-huh. awesome all right so jaren once again thank you so much for joining us and our track the giving to the sun deep mixes out
2: oh i have to, I, hey everybody go to my instagram because i'm just not doing that's the only place i'm alive digitally
1: <laughs> awesome so here you have it so you can find her on instagram and that's on Jaren Surf or Jaren Music and yeah our track Given to the Sun the Deep Mix out now let's start the show with that track and including her three favorite tracks which is Beautiful Things 7 and No One on Earth and some many many more new tracks that have been landed on my promo so let's get started this is VRTN
3: Thank you.
4: So, so-
1: When you're listening to VRTN Radio with me, Sada Yub. you can always subscribe to SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Music by hitting the subscribe button or the follow button. And if you're liking this episode or any of the episodes, don't forget to share and like on any of my social media. Or you can share it on any of the stories by hitting share button and Shared on your Instagram stories and shared with the world how you like the VRTN music. you can always subscribe to soundcloud or spotify or apple music by hitting the subscribe button or the follow button and if you're liking this episode or any of the episodes don't forget to share and like on any of my social media or you can share it on any of the stories by hitting share button and share it on your instagram stories and share it with the world how you like the vrtn music